The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Friday, July 10th, 2020. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar. And Matt Morgan, as we speak, is making his way through the interwebs to come to this very podcast to talk about Friday Night Smackdown, Smackdown on Fox. Not Smackdown Live anymore. Hasn't been live in quite some time, but it's on Fox, and, well, uh, they're pleased to punch about it. Justin Labar, how's it going? It's going. Uh, it's uh, one of these nights where, I mean, I guess maybe the news headlines are a little more interesting. I, I have to be honest with people. If, uh, if, if not doing this podcast with you and the wonderful Matt Morgan, I don't know if I would have uh, done the SmackDown tonight. But here we are. Sorry, my microphone arm is uh, behaving weird. This might all come collapsing down on this very show. I might have to tighten it. While I, tighten I, don't, it, I don't have that issue because I'm holding my microphone. I know. Look at you. Which my, new stand, my new stand will be here, uh, I think, Monday. Very exciting. Uh, why don't you start with the first news story and tell people about it while I tighten this? Tighten away. All right. Uh, AJ Styles. He was on. Uh, he was doing a little, little streaming, uh, playing some video games on a Mixer video game streaming channel. And uh, as he's talking on there, uh, he addressed some rumors. You know, uh, AJ Styles, if you might remember, uh, had or well, as you recall, just moved from Raw to SmackDown not too long ago. And there was a lot of different rumors out there. One he addresses, I don't remember this part of it, but he addresses one rumor that said that Styles had left Raw uh, due to being bullied, which I never heard him being bullied because I thought the same thing in which AJ Styles uh, says and addresses here. He says, there are rumors going around that I left Raw because I was being bullied. He goes, I mean, I'm a grown man. He says, it's maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He goes, I'm a grown man. If there was some bullying going on that got me upset enough to leave Raw and go to SmackDown, I would handle it. And whether I got my tail beat or not, I'd still handle it. I'm a grown man, so I'll just throw that out there. Which I agree. I never remember hearing the bullying. What I do remember hearing is AJ Styles going to SmackDown and maybe not seeing eye to eye with Paul Heyman, who for much of his time in Raw, Paul Heyman was was running Raw as the, as the uh, creative director. AJ Styles addresses the Paul Heyman portion. He says, when it came to the rumor about Paul Heyman and being upset with him because he didn't take up for Gallows and Anderson before they got released, that's not what it was at all. It's not even close. I'll give you a snippet of what me, Gallows, and Anderson already know. Paul Heyman is a liar. Now you know. I'm sure you've heard that before. If you go back to his ECW days, you'll hear that. He's a bold-faced liar. So that's my take on that. I will let Gallows and Anderson add to it. Now, just Justin, do you know the difference between a bald-faced lie and a bold-faced lie? Uh, I'm not as pleased. Give me the definition. So a bald faced lie is one that is clearly undisguised, clearly untrue. A bold faced lie, on the other hand, is one that is imprudent or impudent or disrespectful. So money will fall under both categories, but you can see the difference there. So he's saying, is it obvious that he's a liar? We don't even need to question it or are his lies disrespectful? Maybe it is indeed a little of both. Yeah. So uh, there you go. So AJ Styles is not really, uh, not really mixing words when it comes to his interact, his dealing with Paul Heyman there. I don't want to cast aspersions here or stereotype people, but I don't think AJ Styles would let himself be bullied. But a hundred times more than that, I do not believe AJ Styles would complain or speak to anyone that he was being bullied. Like, what's next? He's going to say, I think we're in a toxic work environment. 
you know, and let's talk about the yeah. effects of the patriarchy. It's all along those lines. AJ Styles just not not seem like the type of person who even sees these issues, let alone would ever acknowledge them. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, some more news coming from the backstage world. This one involving the Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio match coming up at the horror show at Extreme Rules. Of course, it is uh, being uh, billed as I for an I, uh, where that would be. Came out and bluntly said on social media that the way to win is you have to pull the other person's eyeball out with your hand to score the victory. <laughs> I will repeat that, and just in case you had a momentary lapse of of of, of hearing, WWE confirmed the way to win is you have to pull the other person's eyeball with your hand, pull their eyeball out with your hand to score the victory. So not a pinfall, not a submission, not climbing a pole, not climbing a ladder and grab something. You have to pull their eye out. Uh, so we, <laughs> the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and others reporting that um, the Eye for an Eye match is going to be another match that will be t- uh, you know taped already and uh, done and edited in a cinematic style, and we're and we're led to believe there's going to be some CGI used to help uh, help help <laughs> help make this eyeball possible. I'm sure they've got the people at Weta Digital in uh, in New Zealand, the same team from Lord of the Rings and King Kong, working on this high end. Vince Vince McMahon said, "Spare no expense." We're going to do top-of-the-line CGI. I'm sure this is going to, you know, if they could get nominated for an Oscar for a WWE pay-per-view, this would be the one. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, you know, CGI has come a long way. They're going to have to really, I mean. CGI has come a long way. It hasn't come all that way to WWE. But yes, in general, yes. The the the, the odds are going to be stacked against them to make sure they, they to not let this look as hokey as possible. They're going to have to really... I don't know. This is this is. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I can't. I can't even believe as a pro wrestling analyst, I'm 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 speculating on how good the CGI is going to be of, of either Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio's eyeball hanging out. Now let me go a different direction. If they'd said, you know, we did some work with the Tom Savini people for uh, Bray Wyatt's mask, and we're going to do some practical effects, we're going to call up Stan Winston Studios. We're going to, you know, really Rick Baker this and go old school. That that could be good. No, that's uh, and for those that didn't pick up some of those references that Glenn made, uh, Tom Savini, who is you know a horror film and horror imagery, horror wardrobe uh, legend, he's 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 based here in the Pittsburgh area. He's the one who does Bray Wyatt's uh, fiend mask. He's done a lot of Bray Wyatt's puppets. They filmed the original Firefly Funhouse stuff when they when Bray was first just being reintroduced. Uh, God, what was that over a year ago? Um, yeah, they filmed that here in Pittsburgh. And Tom Savini just uh, you know he's just a legend in the horror. So was, you know. Glenn making the references. You know, they they do have the, they do have people who know what they're doing uh, in terms of special effects and makeup uh, specific to the horror realm uh, there in their company. So, yeah, um, maybe another selling point of this horror show at Extreme Rules, or maybe another reason just to wait and listen to us talk about it after the fact. You make your call. Make your call. Uh, and finally, news wise, coming off of uh, this past Wednesday, of course, another week in the Wednesday Night Wars. It was the night two of Great American Bash, night two of Fighter Fest. Uh, my prediction held through again. NXT did win uh, this this week uh, by about forty four thousand total viewers in terms of, of, of the total viewership. NXT drew seven hundred and fifty nine thousand uh, to AEW seven hundred and fifteen. It should be noted both of these numbers are are lower, so both shows saw a decrease uh, from their night one of their events into night two. Um, NXT wins the total viewership. AEW once again still touting Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and others on social media that they still feel that they truly won because they did finish again better in the 18 to 49 demo 
uh, AEW coming in with 0.28, 0.28 in uh, NXT, 0.20. That made AEW seventh on Wednesday night on cable uh, for that uh, very uh, prestigious and, and important 18 to 49 demo. So it, it depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to drill down even further, um, uh, again, there's a separation between total viewership and, and the demo. But in the quarter hour, AEW, you know, both shows obviously have it's a two hour show for each, so they have eight quarter hours. Uh, AEW dominated the first hour. They won all four quarter hours in hour one. Hour two, NXT won it all. So NXT uh, won all the quarter hours in hour two, most notably to talk about the main events. That last, uh, that, that final quarter hour for each show, uh, Adam Cole versus Keith Lee, 922,000 viewers beating Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy, 675,000. So again, total viewership uh, dominant by AEW, but NXT, again, did win the 18 to 49 demo. So a lot of debate on social media today. A lot of debate going back and forth between the AEW side and NXT side. What's the debate going on? The debate, Mr. Matt Morgan, is uh, NXT beat AEW once again on the overall viewership. Once uh, again. Three weeks in a row. NXT's won now. Oh, NXT. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so the NXT beat AEW in the overall viewership, but AEW again came in higher on the 18 to 49 demo. So that's like being the world's tall short person. Nobody gives a shit. I mean, yes, that's an important demo. When I was wrestling, that was the most important demo, to be fair. But by the same token, it sounds like it's like you're coming in second place and you're like, but yeah, but we did this. So it's no, funny. No, you got your ass kicked. So it's funny you say that, Matt. Um, Tony Khan and Chris Jericho have been very defensive about saying how the demo is more important. And then Dave Meltzer, who... Of course they are. Dave Meltzer has been... Who's, One of theirs, too. Right. Yep. Meltzer's, <laughs> Meltzer's analogy uh, Meltzer's analogy is that to all those saying NXT won, that's the equivalent of saying we lost the football game 28-21, to 21, but we, sco- but we uh, gained more yards. So no, he, it's not. That's no. what I'm just telling you about. Let me, let me take this over. Dave, and I love Dave. He supports me in my campaigns. He gives me love. I hate to say it. But, Dave, no, it's not. <laughs> it's the other way around with the 28 to 21 victory uh, via NXT, PS. And you guys are saying, but we got more We got more first downs and our, our running backs and all pro and uh, 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 nothing. You lost. And yeah. I hate saying that because I admit before I cover any of these shows, what do I say? I am an AEW homer. I admit it. I admit it right from the beginning. That's my favorite company. It's my favorite show. I hate to see him lose. Yes. I don't like it. The ratings are not the electoral college. This is literally a popularity contest. Thank you. Yes. Matt, it's good you're here because... Uh, Says you a sweet beret. That is well, awesome. We were just that talking about uh, Academy Award winning. Can we, talk, can we really quick talk about how I knocked... And I just finished. I'm not exaggerating. That's why I was trying to text you ah. really quick. I just finished knocking my 122nd door. Wow. Just just today alone since 6 o'clock. That's a lot of doors to knock and not just like leave my flyer up and say, hey, oh, call me. I'm sorry I missed you. No. Conversation with every single one of these people uh, that I'm asking for their votes in this That's upcoming re- Republican primary. So 122 is where I left it. Before I said, I've got to get on this show. Got to talk to my peeps. Wow. How many more you got on the list? Oh, 
<laughs> I don't Larry, have you, dude. And you're running, you're running like countywide, man. I brother, managed a city campaign, a so, city of fifty thousand people. That was too much. So we have five hundred thousand after his next census for sure in, in Seminole County, Florida. But listen, thirty thousand of them have requested an early ballot. Oh, so that that's what that's I'm you go right for. That, yeah, that's what I'm talking to right now. Military earlier in the week, and now it's everybody has received an early ballot and requested it. Yeah. Now, now that's the thing. Now, Matt, you could say that's the 18 to 49 demo of voters because they're the most voted and most serious. But if you get them and no one else, you're still going to lose. It's still a popularity contest. And you got to get the most people possible. Yes. Yeah. You, exa- you, you have to. Your job in this stuff is exa- it's kind of like wrestling in this regard. It really is. You have to excite voters, get up off their ass and show up and come vote. You really do. Besides the ones that are doing it via mail, right? Yeah. And so these people today that I was hitting are those that, re- that have requested and received that early um, primary early ballots through the mail, right? So that's what I hit today. 122, that's a lot in one day. That is a lot. I, Barry Horowitz in this shit right now, folks. Barry Horowitz in. I'm too unflexible to do it properly, though. So, uh, Matt, you missed, you missed the headline. Uh, Extreme How dare Rules. You not way harder from Barry Horowitz I, oh. reference. You have my eternal respect and admiration, <laughs> Mr. Matt Morgan. I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry. Uh, uh, there's going to be some uh, sweet CGI in that eye for an eye match at Extreme Rules. Oh, my God. Like, right when we said what we said on this show, Wrestling yes. Info, what did you see go out? Yep. But we talked about this. They've done stuff with Tom Savini. We said if it was old school special effects, that could be really cool and good. But it's I not- did Sorry, I mean, step on your pop. I um, totally did a movie with Tom Savini See? and James Storm, Death from Above, a Z, ABCDFG, Z rated movie for poor Kurt Angle's production company at the time called Death from Above. With He was in it. I was pretty impressed. I was, Kurt, how the hell did you get this guy in this? You know, he's a legend. Yeah. But uh, James Storm did a good job of that movie. The rest of us were garbage. Including this guy. If they had him, if they had Stan Winston, Studios, Rick Baker, who are good. these people you're just reeling off? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, maybe you'll get this this Rick Baker reference. Uh, the person we admire most in the world is makeup artist and creature creator Rick Baker. His wonderfully gruesome slime bladders and slobber tubes in an American Werewolf in London won him a richly oh, deserved Oscar. That okay. is why we admire makeup artist and creature creator Rick Baker very, 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 very. Very, 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 very much. It's a hundred words on the nose. You can count if you want it. Who said that though? You don't know what movie that's from? No. Summer school. Oh my god. Chainsaw and Dave. That was their who we admire most essay. Oh my god, I'm so like that should be all over my age demographic. And I yes, I do know that. I saw summer school seven times in theaters. Mark which Mark Harmon. Yeah, Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Legit. Uh, man, so uh, Leon's Duncan, $5. And we're really positive, but glad I watched Stargirl instead, no matter Why how bad it is. Why is it so small? It I can't read it. I can't read I'll it. So make, I will, let me, uh, let me uh, work some magic here with uh, the interwebs. So for the fans watching at home, I've had one meal today. I've had oh. one cup of water. And here I am for you guys. Go get some water. I, don't have, I have like, a, this is coffee my wife put in here for me. Um, there's a way, oh, default. That's how to do it. And the colors are going to be a little messed up. 
because okay. I changed it. I want to be able to read it, though. Okay, there Lindsay Duncan. Go. I'm normally positive, but glad I watched Stargirl and said that's a CW show based on a DC comic character. Uh, yep. No matter how bad it is, still not 2000 WCW bad. Shout out to Tegan <laughs> Knox for coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was okay. I didn't need the, uh, the Bray Braun match again. No, nobody did. Tonight, and that match showing that showing that match uh you know it's one thing to show the boneyard match which has been revered as one of the best things they've done but to show a match that you just aired uh, a month ago in front of that empty arena with nobody in it tonight smackdown unfortunately is the result and product of the covid 19 situation i mean they they, they only had x amount of people to use they you know you, this was a situation of let's have a talking segment and then let's let it let, let's get another segment out of that then to a match we get Miz and, and Jeff Hardy and Morrison. Okay, now we have a match. We get karaoke. Then we get a women's match. We get let's attack here backstage or in the entrance commercial. Here's a match. They ha- they only had so many players to work with. They got Sheamus at home. Sheamus doing stuff on, on Zoom and, and sending stuff in. I mean, it it's it's tough because we talk about how we want to um, you know on the one hand having WWE and AEW still going it does try to give us a distraction uh, and you know, have no other live sports and also it's good it gives us things to talk about on this podcast. But the other flip side of it is, as you're as they're trying to do it in this COVID nineteen situation in Florida, and then you start losing people. Now that that affects the quality because you, it's hard to tell con, you know regular stories when you're potentially losing guys and girls for weeks on end. So this this, this was that's what tonight was was a result of that. It was just a very average show because they were gluing it together, so to speak. Hey Justin, did I mention the fact that I've been walking and knocking doors? <laughs> Since 9 a.m. today. And my stopping point was to my campaign manager, I've got to go do the wrestling podcast. He goes, what's that? I go, it's a podcast I cover for SmackDown. I have to go to it. He's like, but you're doing so good. Are you sure? I'm like, yep. Yep. And here I am. Just want to point that out one more time because I'm deliriously tired. My shirt is soaked. Oh, I'm sure. And sweat because it's been raining here. Do you think rain slowed your your big man down here? Nope. So, Matt, you want me to show this, what you sent me? Please. Okay. So, uh... I won my very first straw poll. Straw poll is kind of like, all right, yeah, and maybe like the world's tell a short person winning something like this. But nonetheless, it means I had a video versus my opponent, and we both said what we're about while we're running. My opponent's a 16-year incumbent running in the Republican primary. Versus me, who is seeking 20 years, and I smoked that ass. So I want to thank everybody if you helped to contribute, which I don't think you did. But nonetheless, you guys' <laughs> loving support, because I didn't want to do that. Glenn, I was so tempted to go on Twitter and say, folks, you got to help your boy out here. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be the people that are from the east side of Seminole County sure. to legit vote on this. So it's a better gauge on how I'm doing. And if yeah. I had lost, I was like, okay, I got to pick it up. But um, straw polls, guys, honestly, they're, they're cool, they're fun, but they're really worthless. Um, the, you got to keep your pedal to the metal on this. And regardless whether I beat this 16-year incumbent in this one straw poll or not, it's the first of the year. So that's encouraging for my team and those that are supporting me, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to show that for them. But by the same token, like I said, you've got to keep your pedal to the metal. And this is no, where I true. think re- wrestlers make good politicians in this regard. And that is that work ethic thing. Yeah, like it's it's pouring out right now. I'm being rained on through my window that's partly down, so I can get better light on this. And my leg is soaked right now, um, just to do this podcast. 
You can imagine how soaked my shirt is, Ben, since knocking doors today. It comes from that athletic background of I will outwork everybody in the room, right? You mm-hmm. heard The Rock say that a thousand times. It's no different. In any field that I'm in, in any field that any, I will argue, any wrestler that is in post-wrestling. So, again, those of you guys have an opportunity to support uh, pro wrestlers once they leave pro wrestling and go on to something else and you have that opportunity, try to do it if you can, especially if that wrestler was cool to you and and you think could possibly do very good in whatever that next genre is. we got to support our own, you know? So oh, that's basically it, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, let me let me say the most blowhardy statement, Matt. There's only one <laughs> poll that matters, and that's the one on election day at the ballot box. He's 100% right. Pedal to the metal, brother. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's very important. Thanks uh, for showing no, that, by the way. Glenn. No, I dude, of course. Uh, you know, and much respect for what you're doing. Uh, a couple super chats here. TJ Pamali, four ninety nine. Every time I hear blinding lights, now I think of Monday Night Raw. Raj, for sure. Me too. <laughs> Hashtag Morgan twenty twenty. Uh, Kyle yeah. Christopher. Hang on, let's go back to that. Okay. Hashtag Morgan twenty twenty. Thank you, TJ. Kyle Christopher, twenty dollars super chat. I feel like I was violated by SmackDown. Wow, strong words. Uh, here you go, Glenn, Matt, and Justin. Cure my sadness. Well, you know we do what we can. Kyle, you're asking for like the impossible right now because, yeah, not so much. That that was a tough one to watch tonight. I've been praising SmackDown too, but tonight was not. No. There were there were some issues, and we'll get into it, and we'll discuss it. Uh, Kyle Christopher, fifteen dollars, saying, uh, th- "Thank, I think he means thank you, thank God, you, Matt, for being it. real." I know this is everyone. Uh, this don't is don't crazy. waste fifteen bucks on that. Just tweet me that, Kyle. That no, I'm not trying to be jokes. No, Kyle, that's an, all. You guys, we're getting eaten alive by COVID right now. Many of you guys, including me, like I make nine hundred bucks a month as a mayor of Longwood, nine hundred and change. Right? I never share that with you guys, but that's what we get paid. Um, many of us have to have another job to yeah. put food, food on the table for my family, right? Me specifically. And right now it's impossible to get work Yeah. Um, with this. Same with you all watching this. For you guys spend 15 bucks to say that, brother, just tweet me. You know what I mean? I appreciate that love. That's amazing. Thank you very much. Seriously. I think that's part of it too. I mean, in addition to also what Matt is going on with the campaign, I think part of the reason why we kind of trailed off not talking about the Patreon and more ideas now is I think that's not the right time when people are going through so many financial hardships and challenges. Glenn, yeah. Glenn, and I don't want to sound like Mother like like, like uh, Mother Teresa on this. Yeah. And I, but but it's the truth. I watched seven of my small my mom and pop businesses in Longwood. Yeah. Just this week, what a business, bro. I was with him. And I might just, pat, I don't need to pat myself on the back. This is the truth. I'm with him in their businesses, with them physically in person. When it's supposed to be closed and saying, we do not give up. We have to have a way I can help you guys. I have a million followers on social media. I have to find, I know I can help you guys. Maybe we can put out all your sales and all the different deals you're going to do. I put mm-hmm. on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Collectively, I'll have a million followers. That's got to be worth something. And early on in the COVID, it was. But I watched seven of my small mom and pop go out of business this week, dude. And I, I'm not going to joke. I, I cried my ass off for them. Because, yeah. like, 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 I would say four of them, Glenn, were, like, generation to generation mm-hmm. to that third generation that they give their uh, family business through. It sucks, man. It's tough. Crazy. 2020 has been uh, just awful across the board. And I mean, uh, what the hell? 2020 has been... Like, we keep thinking it's bad as heck. And, like, somebody's like, what did you see 2021? I'm like, oh, what could be? I don't want to ask the question. 
Yeah. What no, could I think be you're worse right. than this? I definitely feel like on December 31st, there's going to be a whole lot of us that evening that are going to say, F you. Win the lottery? Are we going to win the lottery or something? It's not us, but like those that really need it to win the lottery? I hope so. Something good has to come from all this. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's for everyone right now. I mean, we're just trying to get by and get through all this, hoping there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Pretty insane, though. Um, Steve Marcuccioli, 499, wants to know, Matt, what would have meant more, a WWE title run or a run versus taker? Run versus taker all day. That was my guy. Hulk Hogan was, well, no. Andre was my first guy. I was a yeah. little kid. Hulk was my guy for the longest. And then when I was in college, I would say, taker was because i was 610 he was 610 super athletic as hell so like i patterned not that i came close but patterned my game after taker um once i got in the business myself and tried to show that athleticism for a near seven footer um taker for sure over heavyweight title any day of the week yes speaking of andre i'm sorry go no, man, I was just going to ask you because I, I, you know, Mark Henry was telling the story the other day on Stone Cold's podcast. Do you remember your first, your first time getting to meet Taker? Do you remember the first time, like the interaction? For sure. What was it? It was, hey, what's up? Yo, what's up? <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was, um, where were we? It was me coming up to him and probably ugh, embarrassing the hell out of myself like I did. If you guys have seen the Stone Cold Truth, if you guys seen the Stone Cold Truth, it was a DVD that came out by Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I had just gotten to my first pay-per-view. And it was a crossover, Raw versus and SmackDown type of pay-per-view, right? So Stone Cold was present. And they showed me, Marky Mark, in my sweet blue velour outfit, jumpsuit. Ugh. I thought it was cool because it was like P. Diddy's, like, remember Velour's tracksuits that were really oh, cool? Yes. Oh, I thought I was a baller. And I walked up to him, and I was like, and it's on camera. You'll see it on the Stone Cold Truth going, it's an honor to meet you, sir, which is what you're supposed to say. Um, but nonetheless, they put it on that video, and it was pretty embarrassing. And nonetheless, because I look like a mark. But it's the truth. That's how you greet every veteran. What you witnessed me doing on that video is the same way I met Taker. It's, like, it's, it's beyond an honor to meet you. I study everything there is to study about you. And uh, besides him going, okay, so you're a stalker. I'm going to give it another <laughs> week before I talk to you again, Mr. Morgan. And um, uh, all jokes aside, I told you guys, he gave me a blow-up drill to do when we were on an overseas right. tour together. And uh, he helped my ring cardio because of it. I yeah. wish he, w- he didn't get injured as much as he did when I was on SmackDown time. He got injured both times I got called up to SmackDown, ironically. Uh, it's a hundred degrees here, but I looked over to my right, Matt. I've got a velour jumpsuit here in my office right next to me here. That meant status back in the day. I, I got this just like a couple of years ago. Like, from sweat, <laughs> sweat, sweat, <laughs> you know. all right, Glenn, I can't defend that. I can't defend that. They're, they're full outfits that are super cool. You should have, you should have just said you got a 20. You should have said you got it 20 Glenn, years ago. You got in the laid law bus yourself. You put it in reverse and backed it over your own head just now. I can't save you from that. You should not have timestamped that. Sweat Cedo. Uh, my wife ordered one for me. It was a gift. It was a birthday wait, gift. Wait, wait, wait. Sweat Cedo. I don't know about yeah. that, though. Sweat so velour. In? It's velour uh, tracksuits. I had a top and a bottom. Yeah. See? See? So these are matching. Mine was, mine was Carolina blue, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so it goes, hey, son, what's your name? I am at Morgan's. I'm to meet you there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think with the Kangol, I'm gonna when it gets colder out. I think uh, the the you the, the horse suit's gonna, gonna make a comeback. Isn't this you what like? Are gonna look like a uh, yeah guy. Sorry. Isn't this what uh, like? I'll wasn't, that, wasn't that the outfit that, like uh, Jamie Kennedy wore in Malibu's Most Wanted when he was? Uh, when he was many the, people listen to me. Yes, that tra- the, that velour tracksuit was the bleep for about a good five year run there. I'll even argue. Sean John was super popular. Well, in my culture, the older gentlemen still wear them. It's quite Batista, popular. Listen, yeah, Batista true. was rocking it. And I was like, okay, Batista's pretty cool. He wears cool stuff. I'll buy it too. As pathetic as that sounds, I'll admit it. That's why I bought it. <laughs> I think they look fresh. I mean, like for me, like, and I want, we talked about this in 2000 at Burlington Co. Factory. They had Ooh. a fat farm powder blue, like crushed velvet, like a uh, velour yes. style tracksuit. And I didn't buy it. I kicked myself about this for 10 years. Glenn. For 10 years. Yes. Guys, I I swear to God, it's my witness. One Christmas, my wife got me I, the whole setup you just said. Yeah. The whole setup you just said, including the store. And that's why, you know, it's telling that story. That's why my wife ordered me the Sweatsito for, I think it was Christmas or my birthday a couple of years ago. I still don't get what Sweatsito is about. Well, it's just, it's a, it's a website. Sweatsito, they sell velour track suits. That's all they sell. They call it the Sweatsito, like a sweatsuit tuxedo is like the this name. Is- Still a thing? People still yes. wear these? Sweatsito.com. All right. Keeping it moving, folks. On to the next match. This is way more interesting than SmackDown, dude. I agree with you. <laughs> uh, unpaved $5. What do you think of Kota Ibushi meeting Vince? Who? This was a story that was uh, told a little bit by Kenny Omega and somebody else just recently that resurfaced. Um, I guess Kota Ibushi, uh, he was backstage at NXT TakeOver in Dallas a couple years ago. And what, what a, did, did Vince trip him or wedgie him or something? No, the story goes that, uh, and Omega, I guess, confirmed it, that Obushi uh, was very just, he, he does not walk on eggshells, and he gave Vince a high five and did not know that that was Vince McMahon. So what? <laughs> exactly, that's the story, though. But that, there you it, go. It, it well, resurfaced this week. It was something $5. That came. There you go. Should, should I be cooler to all the fans at home watching when I just come through my matches and come to the girl position, dark, live, SmackDown even, right? And go this or this. And he would get he'd give me the truth on that, right? And if he yeah. gave me this, I would walk up to him and say, say it to my face. Do it again. Do it again. And he would be like, Ugh. so like, who cares? Who what was cares? his uh what was Vince's reaction after you got jumped by the Mexicools on your last SmackDown segment? That I already knew. I knew, you just knew. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm being, I'm being dead yeah. serious. I knew my time was up. I I, I wasn't sure. But I obviously, come on. They were well, giving them a huge push at the time, though. So yeah. I wasn't, like, I was like 50-50. I didn't know. Well, back to this Kota Ibushi thing. The, the, the significance being, obviously, that WWE was looking at maybe signing him. They did never never ended up signing him at all. And, and it, it was just it's just a random thing that he happened to be backstage in a random pass in a hallway, and he high-fives Vince McMahon. But apparently he did not know that was Vince McMahon, which I don't know if I believe so that. what? I'm answering the guy who's asking the, to pay you, the five not bucks. You, not oh. you, not you, but Kenny Omega, like, having, a, like, a... Be zoner about it here. Um, <laughs> Nate Monroe, uh, Nate Monroe but... super chat. Can I do it? Nate Monroe, do it. Super chat. Matt, were you a fan of Ultimate X Men? Yes, in TNA, yes, I was because they all did stuff that I could never do in a million years, especially AJ. Or no, was it Kaz or AJ that did that insane bump? Guys, for the X match, you don't know what it is. It's when the ropes are above the ring in an X form, right? One of those two, I could have sworn it was AJ, that did a full flip back bump. 
off of one of those. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a pretty risky bump. No. Uh, maybe it was Sabin. Oh, oh. For, for back. It's either yeah. Sabin or Asia. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that somewhere. But yes, absolutely. I was a huge fan of it. I, w- I, used to be- I used to beg Russo to let me be in one because I could just jump up and grab the X down. And just literally jump like maybe like five inches tops. You know? I mean, I told him, give me a run with the X Division title because it would be hilarious. I, as a heel, I'd be such a jerk about it. You know what I mean? And it would kill all of the smart marks, like, opportunities to come watch TNA and be, like, happy about their, ooh, look, our X Division action. You know what I mean? I would totally butcher that across the board. <laughs> Chin locks, bear hugs, I would kill it. Test of strengths. Test of strength. I'd be but, such a jerk about it, yes. Yeah, but Matt, did you ever have a karaoke competition, you know, uh, in the middle of a, of a, of a show? Because yeah. the thing tonight we saw... Just how weird it can get. We did we should see probably it. get into. We should. <sighs> like not, we, don't, we, don't, we don't. We don't. Gotta, we don't got to spend much time on this. On this show. Right. Tonight, well, okay. Really. So Miz and Morrison go? brought out. No. Yeah, Miz and Morrison brought out Jeff Hardy. They showed a recap of everything that's gone down. Uh, looks like Extreme Rules. We're gonna have Jeff versus Sheamus in a bar. It's gonna be in a bar, like a pub. Of course bar it place. is. Why not have an alcoholic be in a bar? Right. That's awesome. <laughs> That's what Ms. Seriously. Morrison said. Ms. Morrison said, you will have home field advantage being in a bar. Have a bar fight with Seamus. This isn't cute. This isn't funny. This was like me, like... No, it's not. Again, I'm very proud. I don't pretend to suit this under the rug. I'm super out there, and I will argue I was one of, if not the first pro wrestler that wasn't scared to be blackballed talking about being an opioid addict. I mean, that's serious. Go back in time and read the interviews mm-hmm. online. Um, I was a teen at the time. They backed me on it, which I was really surprised by because it, it was in an era in which you did not talk about addiction. Um, they set up school functions for me to go talk at. I was like, wow. That, this is another reason why I was so emotionally invested in TNA. It really is. And why I didn't go back to WWE sooner. Um, one, one of many reasons at the time. So I'm thinking to myself, I just got sober, right, off of opioids. And... I was watching this today really quickly and I'm thinking like, well, my wife's going, can you imagine if they did that to you? You just got sober from like, let's say opioids, Matt, just from your, you know, painkillers and you're at your, they actually pick your own rehab doctor's Mm -hmm. office to like shoot the match in. Like, what would that make you feel like? Just fresh to being clean. I'd be like, that would be incredibly effed up. I would think they're trying to take advantage of my sobriety instead of giving me some time before then taking advantage of it. Maybe. Right. Um, I I don't know. I, I I did not like that. I thought, I did not think it was cute. And that's me personally. Thousands of others, millions of others might be like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I I don't know. Mm. though. Me personally, I did not like this. I mean, I think my laughter at it is because of how crass it is and how sort of cheap it's like why don't they give them a faction of guys in hoods and be like get it it's alcoholics anonymous and they're backing up jeff because he's sober now it's like if you're gonna just go for the cheap shtick and gimmick go all the way with it but my this pro- just seems silly my problem with it is this we don't know where he's at so yeah, that's true too i didn't know i i do not mean to say anything negative about jeff hardy but i feel like no, when they were telling the story i feel like they sort of glossed over did, did they, Justin, maybe you remember, did they leave out? I feel like maybe they left out one of the more recent 
things that happened because wasn't it like within the and again I do not mean to disparage Jeff at all, but no, I feel like not. there was I feel like I feel like there was something more recent that they didn't cover in the story, so we don't know where he's at with it, which is why it's interesting um, to have this angle. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't recall well enough if if they did or did not just yeah. the answer. I don't know. Um, but it's certainly aside from the is it in good taste or bad taste, it definitely seems like this could be another match that again is again pre-taped and edited and done in a, in a, in a cinematic I, style. It seems like they're making the whole pay-per-view of most of the pre-tape. Can I be honest though? And like you're doing with Seamus, I'm friends with Seamus. I like him a lot, yeah. respect him a lot. Is this who you're just throwing this to? It, what pisses me off about this? This is real life to Jeff. It's a big deal. I know. And you're throwing it to Seamus and just some frivolous storyline. No, I'm not okay with that. If this is like a WrestleMania headline match, cool. Let's go here. If it's not, stay away from it. You don't know where Je- you don't know where that attic is at. I don't like it. I know it's not like a wuss or an approved no. or whatever you guys want to call me. I don't care. I'm just speaking from my own perspective. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, Brian Elliott, five dollars, saying Matt wants to say appreciate everything you're doing in life after wrestling. Also, your feud with Sting and TNA09 with Main Event Mafia was always one of my faves. So you're the one, Brian. No, I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Brian, that was one of my favorite highlight videos of all time. Was me trying to sell myself to the main event mafia. Um, that's when I really felt myself as a character the highest and the most. Because I knew what the outcome was supposed to be. The outcome was supposed to be beat me being Kurt Angle at Bound for Glory. I told my boy Vinny Rue changed it on me, but nonetheless, it didn't matter. I had a six-month storyline where I went through everybody main event mafia. Mick Foley, Booker didn't want nothing a part of it. I don't blame him. He had, we had no build in that match versus me versus Book, so I don't blame him. Um, but others, um, I think it was Nash and a bunch, Steiner. I went through everybody one by one to get to Kurt. And it was my, my favorite storyline I've ever been a part of. Um, and I was supposed to beat Kurt. I don't know why Vince changed it. It is what it is. I'm not, no hard feelings, obviously. You have to be a mark to have hard feelings this, this long later, right? But uh, thanks for giving a shout out. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you. And Carmel, I review crisps and I love sports. Four ninety nine uh, euros or pounds. Saying hi, guys. Stayed up the side of the pond again for you guys in SmackDown. Do you guys think they're wasting Jeff by continuing the Sheamus feud? This is kind of like hundred percent. Jeff is much better than just talking about addiction and this and that. If there's a teaching lesson in this, cool. But that's not what they're doing with this. Yeah. If you're Miz and Morrison, who are my favorite, they're one of my favorite acts mocking it making fun of it there's nobody learning from it yeah so, so stop don't there's no reason for jeff to go here i don't like it and jeff is way above sheamus just saying p.s he's a hall of famer maybe sheamus one day will be but not now now in the uk so, you guys know what crisps are say it again in the uk you know what crisps when they come say crisps. on son fish or, or french fries no crisps are chips chips are fries I said biscuits that. Biscuits are cookies. No, 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 no. I guessed correct. Say it out loud. So crisp. I said fish or French fries. No, they're neither. No, crisp is a potato chip. Chips are French fries. I guessed correct. They're French fries. Crisps are potato chips. Yes. Chips are French fries. Yes. Chips are French fries. That's what I said. Okay. It's a whole different system. And digestive. say that. That's a whole other... you just, you just witnessed me gooch, gooch <laughs> from different strokes. 
Glenn Rubenstein right there to, to get my point across. But I was wrong. I'll admit it. Uh, it was funny, just when you said this could be like a cinematic match or, or cinematic style, I thought you said Cinemax style. And I was like, ooh, a Cinemax style match. That Skinamax, actually would have potential. No, remember, God, no. Remember, remember, remember your friends used to call it Skinemax back in the day? Yeah, oh, yes. That, that was always the rare one. You know, some people had HBO, some people had Showtime, but you get that Cinemax family that made the sleepover. Uh, so Cal Christopher, $20, saying, I'm very blessed right now. Don't worry about the money. Consider it karma for what SmackDown was and the entertainment you all provide us. Hashtag Morgan20. Much love from New York. Kyle, you, Kyle. you are Kyle, you are crazy. Thank you. <laughs> Raj Giri's just sitting home with a fancy boy cocktail, getting a little ka-ching sound every time there's a super chat. Uh, Krana Shah, $2. Matt, did you ever like TNA Spin Cycle? I apologize, guys. I used a lot of my battery tonight with my headphones. I'm sorry. That's Matt, okay. Yes, I did. I liked, I liked Spin Cycle because it gave you a shoot perspective of each character. I actually really did. I like the one that I was on with Steiner. I believe Nash. That was my favorite. There you go. So we had Jeff Hardy versus The Miz tonight with Jeff Hardy picking up a win. Um, we had Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, do you feel like they're in typical WWE style, they're running the Sasha Bailey thing a little into the ground because they know it pops a rating? No, I'm actually okay. feeling them the most I've felt them this entire time. I just feel like I'm not getting a chance to miss them ever. I feel like they're on every, they're, you know, they're on Raw, they're on SmackDown. I'm worried that it's going to get old if they don't. No, until they're not hitting home runs or triples, then yes. But currently, in my opinion, and I'm not fans of both of them collectively. I've admitted this thousands of times, right, throughout the year. Um. They're hitting triples and home runs every time I see them on TV. I'm just being honest. Yeah, they're working, and I also think WWE has kind of you know the mind made up of this is that they have a des they have a destination which is SummerSlam. Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, but I think I think WWE has the destination of SummerSlam. That's what they want. So uh, I think they're probably they're probably trying to keep pace to make sure they don't lose any any momentum with the story. I think it's great. I just think. Raw, SmackDown, like they're, they're fantastic. I'm not even just, I'm just saying like, but this is in true WWE fashion. This is how people get sick of things. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. And, but again, it's not like you, ha again, they're, they're, they got players on the bench right now. So it's not like you even have yeah, a lot true. of people to, I mean, if, if these two ladies are healthy, which obviously they are, well, thank God, uh, then you just got to kind of run with it right now. So Jenny Lynn, $2, Jeff Hardy versus the fiend thoughts. I was thinking, would I like the Jeff Hardy storyline more if it was Bray? Matt, I think Sheamus is being very callous and, and even Miz and Morrison and how they're uh, like making fun of Jeff's issues. With Bray, do you think it would almost be too real and that might that could be better, but that could also be more intense? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Definitely more intense, for sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, Justin? Yeah, I was just gonna say the fiend would like right now with Seamus and Miz and Morrison, all these comments, it's very it's very surface level. It's very just oh, you're an alcoholic, you'd be great at a bar or home field advantage. The fiend, it would be a lot more psychological. It would be a deeper, I think, uh, attack. More sophisticated. 
I wish there was a bigger payoff to this, though, because there are alcoholics watching this. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. And they should be taking advantage of this in a good way. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to give the cheap ex- excuse. I'm just putting this out there as, a, as, a, as just a question to you guys. Do you think W? I mean, they've done this before with Jeff Hardy. It's not the first time they've talked about his 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 personal issues. I'm wondering, did they decide to go about this again because they're in? A, they have no audience. They don't. They, Jeff can't get his big pop. I, like, is this something? Is this something just to give? You know, it's like they can't. They can't rely off of Jeff Hardy's back, and he's he's the guy that's getting more some of the biggest pops of the night. So you don't have a crowd. I'm wondering if that's what they decided to do. Almost like a this is like their cheap out. Is okay. We're gonna get the sympathy by bringing out these personal issues because we don't have the crowd to respond to them. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like, and I mean, this isn't to put over an imaginary situation, but I feel like Bray, the alcoholism would be the surface and Bray would talk about what are the real issues, Jeff? What's really, you know, like it could go a deeper, yeah. darker place that would actually probably be more fulfilling. And Matt, to your point, probably more beneficial to have Jeff, not just sort of give that, hey, I put that all behind me. I'm tired of letting down my family, which isn't to say that's not an admirable and good stance, but I think that Jeff would probably do a real benefit to talk about some of the reasons behind oh in his journey. Yes. Big time. I mean, guys, I'm not saying this as politician, Matt Morgan. I'm saying this as pro wrestler, Matt Morgan. Um, Every school, I spoke to 140, uh, I give it 146 different speeches just the last two years alone in my county. And trust me when I tell you, it's not Mayor Longwood, Matt Morgan's coming to speak to you folks. And that's why these kids get excited. It's former WWE superstar that gets these kids to the edge of their seats. And my job is to get up there and tell them my story on addiction more times than not. So they don't make the same mistakes and fall into the same pitfalls I did. So I don't understand how WWE, who's PG rated now, right? Yeah. How are they not taking this opportunity to stop trying to be cool and be slick with the internet crowd and deliver an honest to God PG rated message to so many millions of fans that could use this message? Forget fans. Adults watching this too. How yeah. many ad- guys? This is I don't mean I don't want I don't mean to get so off on a tangent about the two series here. We're talking about pro wrestling and sports entertainment. I get it, but when you have an opportunity to help so many people that struggle with something like this, a, a mental illness front like this, because I don't care what anybody says, this is a mental illness to me. It is. Mm-hmm. You have to take advantage of that and and finish the story out to let those at home that are watching know you're not alone, guys or girls. You're not alone. I do think if if I just have a, an observation about society as a whole, when anyone has an issue, um, whether it's with substance or infidelity or or anything that they feel the need to apologize for publicly and move on, I do feel like the focus is almost more on the apology that people don't discuss enough. Like what, what were the reasons why this happened? What were the issues? Because that's what we can use to teach people going oh forward to improve Glenn, themselves. Yes, Glenn, 100%. Why was I numbing my feelings? Yeah. WWE made it. I made it to the big dance. This is I've been dreaming of since I was six years old. Why the hell would I numb that? That makes no sense. Yeah. Until I saw my doctor who broke it all down for me. That's just a microcosm of an example. 
Now, those that choose alcohol, what's their reasoning on why they want to numb their feelings? You've got to break that all down. And once you do, I swear to God, you'll feel so good about being able to flip it around. WWE could use this with Jeff Hardy on uh, so much of a higher level because Jeff talks across all spectrums, all demographics, all fans of all different shapes, sizes, makes, and models. He, Jeff Hardy is cool all across the board to any demographic, I will argue. Use him. He, I know Jeff, and I know he would love to be used for this, and I wish yeah. they would do it right. And I guess that's the key. So it's not so much the issue that they're using this, but they're using it in a flippant and almost trivial punchline yes. way. Yes, there, thank there you. we go. We've solved it. We've solved the issue. Uh, somebody forward this. Miz and Morrison should not be talking about it. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mike Prescott, Buck 99. I wish Big E would work with The Fiend. I mean, are they ever splitting New Day up? Bro, I wish they would because Big E is good and he's a great promo on top of it. Yeah. I wish they would. Leonza Duncan speaking of split ups. Uh, Leonza Duncan saying, Did you notice Banks looking at that SmackDown title the last few shows? I did. I did. I love it. Subtleties. Subtleties. Uh, Brian Berry, 499, saying, Matt, how was it facing Abyss at TNA Lockdown 2009? Oh, you mean when I. <laughs> Nobody knows this. If you'll notice, I was wearing a t shirt in that match. Why, you ask? Because your boy here, Mr. MVP, will never miss a match. Um, I just made that up. Um, was in a hospital with a staph infection. And I pulled that. This is, hang on. In retrospect, this was pretty stupid. All right. Bear with me. I pulled that out. And I did not want to miss this. Because if you'll remember, this match versus Abyss was a very big match for me at the time with TNA. And it was my turn, I believe, to get a win against Abyss. And it was going to catapult me somewhat. Mm -hmm. And so I wore a t-shirt in that match and an elbow guard to protect me from my staph infection. I had a staph infection in my right rear deltoid. So I had to, I had all this gauze, these bandages in there. And I ate a black hole slam that, oh my goodness, you, because you get bumped right on that. Mm -hmm. And you'll see my face. I was like, oh, oh my God, Chris. <laughs> but it was a huge, it was a huge win for me, if I remember correctly. And I didn't want to miss it. You know what I mean? The retrospect, maybe that was stupid. You know, but it was a huge match for me at the time. Good question. Now, Nate Monroe, Buck 99. Matt, what did you love and hate about the six-sided ring? I hated the fact that I looked like I uh, told Hogan this. And it changed his opinion on the six-sided ring, I'll argue, because I always had hold fear. Uh, I really mean that. It's the fact that I felt like a huge kid in a playpen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sasha and Bailey won that match. As Natalie uh, points out, uh, Sasha has been Good. looking at that title for weeks. Um, yep. I think this is interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens on the go-home before Extreme Rules. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, th I think Bailey's going to retain pretty handily over Nikki Cross to set the, pave the way for Sasha and Bailey. Um, yeah. We got the recap uh, or the reshowing of the uh, Money in the Bank match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. We got a promo for the new Battlegrounds game, which 
Mm, I don't know about that. Um, had the New Day uh, hyping up their match between Cesaro, uh, them and Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, then we had this karaoke showdown hosted by Jay Uso singing wrestling themes, which WWE. WWE I am not talking about this. You guys will handle this. So Lacey Evans can kind of sing, but that song was in the wrong key. I don't know what Dana Brooke was doing. Tamina, I I really thought Tamina was going to blow us away. I don't when they know what her. Dana Brooke was doing. Like I just I, I love Dana Brooke, but <laughs> she was juking and jiving. Yeah, like, hips. overall performance. Like let's look at it with the overall performance, and not the singing. Um, <laughs> Tamina, I thought was going to be the surprise. Naomi, I mean, come on, we knew Naomi was going to win this. Uh, doing Why Dusty's theme. Like well, Naomi sings her own theme uh -huh. song. She sung multiple things. Like on Total Divas, um, I've seen clips. They show her in studios and recording vocals. Um, so to me, it was like, well, here's the one we know is a singer. She does everything. They should call her Slash. Yes. You Cordell Stewart from the Steelers back in the day? Slash? Slash Stewart? He did everything. That's, like Bo, that's like Bo Jackson. Another from a Yeah. <laughs> much better example than Cordell Stewart. Yes. And Naomi got to Probably. sing. And Naomi got to sing a song that was also sang by a female. So, like, you know, it's easier to kind of like match up with. You know, the Dusty Rhodes' theme song that she sings, just a common man, is sung by a, a female. So I don't know. Just it helped. She was definitely the best performance. I can't even believe we're freaking talking about this. Yeah, it just. I would like to have played cowbell in that reincarnation of that song. Come, <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt, that should be the headline. Matt Morgan's willing to play cowbell for Naomi. That's what what a fan he is of her work. <laughs> I never know cowbell. Never know. And I, and I love too in this in the in the line of the song of Dusty's entrance theme where it says "Redneck Funky," and she went over to Lacey Evans and like rubbed Lacey Evans' face and said "Redneck Funky" to her. Hey, it's no. a compliment, right? But no, of all the women, uh, I'm sorry. You guys watch Lacey's real life stories, like on her Instagram story. She oh, yeah. is such a badass. And now they're the making her. She teaches her daughter, like on how to do your own work and say, "Screw waiting for some man to come do it. I'm gonna do it. This is how we do it." She landscapes. Yeah, dude, that's awesome to me. I think that's so cool. Great lessons for her daughter too. Well, and now because Lacey lost a karaoke and then a battle, and then she ended up attacking him. Is that like now she's back to being heel? They, they made her heel now in a match against Naomi. Because they're stupid. And they have an American hero, an American hero, playing heel. It is the stupidest, most backwards world. Just you should have continued. They should have made Lacey the champion. I'm being dead serious. Mm -hmm. They screwed this up. Well, and I, I, to that point, I mean, so I knew Naomi was going to win because of, of the women there. She is the one that has a singing background. But um, with this, uh, like, they so they had a match. We had Lacey versus Naomi, and that went for a little bit, and then a brawl and a pull apart. So it really didn't get anything. I mean, if this is what it takes to get these women a story on the air, like so be it. Okay, okay, especially Naomi. Yeah, who is the best, like by far, charisma, athleticism, ring entrance, even. Yeah, like her ring for me, her music and her ring entrance still to this day to me is one of the top five by far. Um, she's so underrated. I don't know how I'm saying that this far in the game, this long into time, that she's underrated. How is that possible? I don't know, man. You know, I, I think looking in the women's division, you know, Becky was a good example of this, even Bailey to a lesser extent. It seems like Vince has a type. Uh, you know, it certainly doesn't hurt 
if uh, you're blonde, but Lacey hey, kind of did prove that too. Hey, Vince, here's your type. Green. They make you <laughs> cash money. I promise you, Vince McMahon, she will make you cash money. I think so. Um, but yeah, I think with Sasha, I think with Bailey, with Becky, like they all kind of went they against the grain. But that they took the stacked. fans. The fans demanded those pushes. This, this is true. Yes, good you know? call. I want to see the fans pick it up though more for her. I really do, because like she's she was there before the women's revolution. Technically, the manufactured women's revolution. I will add started. I wish they would give her more credit and cry out more for her, because you show me one weakness she has in the ring, on the mic, in her entrance, in her physique, in her promos. Where yeah. am I, what am I missing with her? Nothing. She's Nothing. a five-star across the board, and she deserves more credit. Well, so it was interesting. We were talking about the ratings earlier, you know, with NXT and Great American Bash. I was talking with a few other, uh, or a few wrestling journals that I really don't count myself as one, but saying... Journalists? You know, wait, wait, what? Like, you people that cover wrestling. I was, I was talking with people that cover wrestling in a more serious... I just, I just people from different sites. Like, we DM, and like, I'll talk really? to people sometimes. Yeah, just about the business. Or if they have Can podcasts, I, I don't want Can to I name names. names. One of them's public. Big time? No. Yeah, Meltzer and me. We're like this. No, I, I don't talk to Meltzer. Like, I didn't say him. Is it like James Caldwell from PW Torch? Fans, you didn't think I knew him, did you? But I did. <laughs> okay, so anyhow. Was it uh, Jason Powell? So anyhow, there is consensus. He's dissing me. He's dissing me. On He's my theory to me. that based on what Great American Bash did, and based on how stacked NXT's women's division is and how women are popping ratings, that yeah. if there's going to be an evolution too, it's going to be on NXT because they know that's pointing out AEW's prime weakness and it will pop a huge rating. The question is just going to be, is it one night or two? Or if USA get, gets behind it, will it be a three-hour show? It's a, it's a okay, consensus so theory. We have to stop saying, Glenn. We went over this last one. And I know you'll agree with this and you didn't mean it that way. We have something. Women will pop the rating for WWE. It's their characters. It's not the yes. fact that they're women that do this. It's that they are the best, in my opinion, the best established athletes, the best established layered, multi-layered <laughs> characters. Then, then fortunate, unfortunately, whatever way you want to look at it, than the men's characters are right now. Yes, In WWE. It's true. There's so much. And I think they've we're, got this. Where is the Naomi, where Naomi is considered on the junior varsity level, I don't get this. I don't get it. Justin, your thoughts on this? I, I've, I've said for a couple of years, Naomi is is so marketable. She's athletic as all hell. She's got an entrance. She's the uh, you know I, I've watched kids. I've watched kids' oh faces when she comes out. I mean, she's um, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't want to say Cena effect, but she just has that just a, a gravitating appeal to a certain demographic, and I don't know why they, why they've, you know, she's gotten some. She's had a title reign. I don't know, but I don't know why they so are so stop and go with her. They know. slow walk her. I don't know why. I know. I believe her entrance alone is right. funny. Somewhere in the last year, I believe her, she was off TV for a little while, and I believe she even acknowledged on social media somewhere that that she had some things going on personally and she needed to take a reset. This is pre pandemic. So there's oh, that one year out of like what? Nine or 10. Right. But yeah, there's been some other times where they just, I don't know why they stop and go with her. I don't know. Give me both. She's a legit, legit athletes, athlete. 
Absolutely. So Jackson Callens, four ninety nine, saying Cobra Kai announced for mm. end of summer. One step closer. Thank you, Jackson. Jackson, uh, we love our Jackson. Jackson's our guy. Great. Uh, a couple other super chats here. Uh, Steve Marcucci, Buck ninety nine. Why isn't Tony Storm on the main roster, Justin? Okay, so no, let me take this, Stephen. Why would you throw to Justin? Oh, because main roster. Main roster. He's, he's, baiting, me. he's baiting me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally stepped on that pop, and I apologize. All right. So I agree with you. Tony Storm, I'm a huge mark. Huge. She has the entire – she's another one. Has the entire package. Like, I know I sound like a mark here, but, oh, my God, the, the, our, the women's division in WWE is extraordinary. I know I sound like I'm overly exaggerating. I'm not. I've wrestled there. I've seen Beth Phoenix, McFoley, Mickey James – <laughs> and, 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 and I would say, like, maybe three to five others that could get in the ring and give me a run for my money. And I would argue could be that are bet that were better than me. No question. As to female wrestlers versus any male or female wrestlers. Um, but nowadays, there's like 20, 20 of them at least. And you just threw Tony Storm out there. I agree. Well, she should be on the main roster. Main roster. And I agree 100%. Well, but I, she's not American. I don't even know if she's in the country right now. I don't know. I was, <gasps> she's not American, so I don't even know where she's at. She might not even be in the country. If she's not in the country, that would be that's going to stop everything. TV. Can't you do stuff with TV? Yes, you can. Promos, right? Back from your country where you're shooting from, right? You could do it. I think she's money. I totally do. Yeah. Uh, TJ Pomali 499 saying would have popped if they did Billy and Chuck's theme song. Uh, Kyle Chris <laughs> when? Karaoke. Play karaoke. Do you, remember, do you remember how it started, Matt? How Billy and Chuck's theme song started? You look so, so good, good to me. me. There you go. Yes, I do. Uh... And Rico was incredibly underrated. Rico Constantine, for real, in real life, was a legit bad mama jamma. In real I, life, he could beat people up. I love when you see the old OVW footage of him with Cena together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Kyle Christopher. Kyle Christopher. Lacey could have been Liberty Bell, a badass Marine, but that got thrown to the wayside. Kind of disappointing. I don't... Yeah. Kyle, I agree. No, yeah. I agree, Kyle. He's right. Kyle, you just tonight you Kyle, Kyle you single handedly spending your whole you're spending Rogers, your entire bar tab on our show tonight. Stop. Sending Rogers kids to college. He's single, yeah, he single handedly has paid for Rogers' next three tea times. Kyle, just tweet me. I'll retweet your stuff. That goes for all you fans. <laughs> Kyle, I'll give you my PayPal. I mean, you can just stop giving this guy your money for real. Chris Jones saying I'm an AEW sorry, guy, sorry. but if NXT does evolution two, it'll be well over a million viewers. Uh I Think it'll be close. Chris Jones. Chris Jones, you and I are like this. I agree. I'm an AEW guy too. And I admit before I cover every show, I'm a homer. I'm gonna give them a 10 out of 10. Um, because I want them to do well and I love my friends that help run the company. Um, but NXT's beating them right now. There is no question. Yeah. Uh so we had uh the main event tonight. 
well, they announced uh, that AJ is going to face defend his title as Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle next week. Uh, then we had the SmackDown right. Tag Team Titles match: Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura versus the New Day. Um, Don't care. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> taking it seriously. Nakamura, I care about. I'm sorry, Cesaro. I just don't. I don't care. I don't buy it. Yeah, and the referee I'm, called the match. So, see, I'm flipped. I'll, I'll pay attention to everything Cesaro does, but Nakamura's kind of lost me. What? Yeah. How did he lose you? I just don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't like the new music that they switched him to within the last year. I don't. I don't find. I, I don't. I just. You Cesaro. don't like his like his like. Hang on. You don't like Nakamura's like new like kind of rapish hip hop ish. Oh. New version of his violins? No. The, 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 it was not broke. Why do they try to fix it? His original entrance music, if we're just talking entrance music, was, was great. Uh, but Cesaro, like I love, like Cesaro. There's just something. About, there's a reason why every single wrestler, when you ask him, oh, who, you know, like, like they they asked Edge just recently, and there's been a bunch of others they've asked in like the last couple months, and they say, oh, who's some guys you want to work with? And Cesaro's always on that list. Cesaro, the guy who, you know, he hasn't, you know. He's always on that list that these guys pull from because you can do anything with Cesaro. And I, I just, I, I just, he's one that I, you know, like we talked about with Naomi, I get so frustrated. Cesaro is just not. And I think the window's gone, unfortunately, based upon where the company's at, where he's at age wise. I mean, he's in phenomenal shape, but I just, it drives me nuts. This is, inter- this is interesting. Natalie, thank you uh, for the $5 super chat. Uh, glad you're able to join the show live tonight. Uh, Naomi and Bianca as a tag team, please, so they can push them as top singles acts. That's almost to piggyback off your point, Justin. That almost makes me worry is that I think if Naomi and Bianca get paired together, I think it's going to be the same thing with Cesaro and Shinsuke. And similar, uh, you know, Asuka, it's actually amazing that Asuka kind of came back from that as a singles act and reclaimed it because. Um, Again, given that Asuka and um, Kari were paired up and became the Kabuki Warriors, I really would worry that Naomi and Bianca would be paired as like the Funkadactyls 2.0. Yeah, and I could yeah. see that really I, stalling them. And that's, I was trying to, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to pick the wording appropriately. My, that would be my fear if they put Naomi and Bianca. Like Naomi has a lot going to her with the glow. Um, the, the athleticism, she, there's the, you know, everything down to even the, the, the motion censored, um, kicks Truth. that she wears. Yeah. I, I would just have this fear that if they put her and Bianca together, it would just turn into like this. Let's just make them the, the two stereotypical sassy black girls. I, I, and I, I hate, but that that's, I don't like that. I, they both have their own individual. You're not speaking from your own opinion. You're speaking of the years and years and years of what you've watched. <laughs> Why I don't know why you're laughing. No, I'm laughing care. because it's like just because Matt, your point is like it's like it's like that's not speaking as someone who sees uh racism casually or, or would throw around that allegation, but you're speaking no. as someone who's watched WWE programming and sees how he, they use stereotypes extensively. Say, he, he, he Justin's been very close to the business for many years, and he's watched how Vince McMahon has put out African American athletes, yes, and exhibit him to America. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't blame I don't blame you, Justin, in that regard. You're 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 probably sadly enough correct, even after all these years. And what? And it's they're uh, both they're, 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 they're both individually, in my opinion, not single stars. World heavyweight championship, women's wrestling. I agree with that. But it's a question though. That's the, that's the question though, Matt. It's like, uh, similar, like with Biggie and Kofi, right? Biggie and Kofi, Kofi did get that world. Biggie title is world championship material all day. 
Kofi, what? I'll be honest. Yeah. I like the story going in as an underdog. That was about it. I'm sorry. I love Kofi. Friends with him. He's not a world champion to me. Now, Big E, all day. All day is a world champion level reference to me. And that's been one of the best things about New Day as a collection, uh, is that just going back to what we were just talking about a second ago, it's almost like they have not allowed. And, and we th- kind of thought when they first were given vignettes in 2014 and they're in the they're in the the all black choir and they're they preaching them, and they're doing the, they look like they look like they look like they were the kids of slick they're preaching and doing all this stuff and to their credit they redefined what this new day was going to be and, oh, yeah. and it's not yes, a it is not a traditional pro wrestling black stereotype they they made and i think it's part of the reason there's unicorns they're <laughs> unicorns and there's titan they have cereal Yes. Like they they completely said, okay, Vince, yes. we'll buy this for your first vignette. And then, yeah, this is what's going to happen, sir, yes. two months in. And that's what they did. They shove it up with, with like the they, sun don't shine. They've been together for six years, which in today's pro wrestling is an eternity. Six freaking eternity. years. In eternity. I agree. And, and, I I agree. Th- and I think one of the, the reasons why is there's such a breath of fresh air of how you present African American talents in pro wrestling. Well, because they, they own it. They're they not even. I don't even see them that way. I really don't. They're yeah. something different. I don't even know how to explain them. Hmm. Again, like unicorns, cereal boxes, video get like I don't think you can stereotype them. Pancakes. I just don't think it's possible. What? Pancakes. Pancakes. Where did that come from? Yes, that's what I mean. They are so different. They're so original, and they took something that you know damn well. He was trying to stereotype. And said, okay, we'll buy this for one or two segments, sir, no problem. And then, like, once they were done with those one or two segments of their very first pre tapes, it was game on. Like, slow us down if you can. And they just kept inventing, 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 inventing. Seriously, I hope they get the credit they deserve when time comes. You know what I mean by that? They're going to have a fabulous Hall of Fame speech. It's going to be so full of entertainment one day. And I'm not big. Very close with Xavier Woods. He's he's a very close personal friend, and I wasn't a huge fan of them being grouped. I'm not gonna lie, because I was thought Big E is a heavyweight champion waiting to happen. Why would they put him in this group? I mean, dead serious. And holy crap, it's the best thing for him. It was the best thing for all of them. And uh, I will argue, not argue. I'll just flat out say. They broke every stereotype that you could possibly have about an African-American wrestler in today's wrestling business. And then some. Video games, throw that in there too. So, unicorns, cereal, flapjacks or pancakes, whatever you want to call them. Um, Bright neon colors. Bright neon colors. And just, I could have sworn they brought out an ice cream cart one night. Like They're all over the place. They're like a cartoon to me. They're a cartoon. Yeah. And they, again, they stuck it where the sun don't shine. And anytime somebody does that, I just, ooh, you guys don't understand how rare that is. So maybe never happened. Let's not leave out, let's not leave out the run of when they had, uh, what, what was Francesca when they when they were playing? Oh, yes. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. He was on the trombone. Yes. Yeah. Xavier. <laughs> so maybe there's something now. Who, by the way, is, is or is about to be Dr. Wood, by the way. No big deal. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah. As a pro wrestler, got my PhD. What? Yeah. WWE advertise that. 
Uh, Natalie pointing out, Naomi and Bianca have teased being a tag team. Um, I think if they, if Matt, to your point, I think you got to play the game and get Vince to put you on the air. And then if the fans pop, you can start taking risks and rise above what they're giving you. Yes. Hopefully. 100%. And what uh, sucks though, what New Day had that they don't have is a fan, uh, the fans in the arena to do it with. Oh yeah, that's true. Right? I think Naomi and Bianca in front of a live crowd. Ooh, who? I want to see them face each other. Quite frankly, who between the two has more charisma? Uh, Justin, you go first. Mm, I'm gonna give just just out of veteran and seeing more years of her. I'm gonna give it to Naomi slightly. Okay, so here's a weird comparison I was going to make. Charisma! I just want charisma. Charisma? I was going to say, I give Bianca by a hair. Like, I think Naomi, okay, here's a good way to flip it, right? I think uh, Bianca on the mic, but Naomi, like her swagger, her moves, like Naomi visually, like she could be in a silent movie and you could just watch Naomi. She (laughs) communicates so much. Like, she doesn't need to say anything to communicate her character, her energy. Like her facial expressions are great. I think them together, like it wouldn't be um, like a female version of New Day. I think they could be more as, and this could be a little out out of left field reference. I think they could be more over like Enzo and Cass were um, if they pair them up and had a live crowd and they got their their shtick down. You know, yeah. They would gut capital G U T gut. Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. Got them. For charisma, in ring, uh, promos, entrances, they would destroy those two. I'm sorry. Yeah. That'd be a good way to break them up. I would have them debut as a team, the first big pay per view match against Bailey and Sasha, have them destroy them. That's what causes Bailey and Sasha to break up. And then- as cool as everybody thinks Sasha is, including me, she's mad cool right now. She. She's grown on me huge. With that said, she could not hold a candle, not even a spark, to either one of those two. On a mic or in body language of, I own this shit. No way. No way. Um... Natalie saying, I'd rather see Bianca versus Naomi, but I love them both so much. Selfishly want them on my TV. I think whatever right. it takes at this point. Natalie, I agree. That would be a oh, a pay-per-view match. I, I, no joke. I, I would pay money to watch, for sure. But to see them take those two out, I'd pay even more money for it. Just saying. Ahmed Aliafe saying, thank you, Justin. They ruined everything for Nakamura. Everything. He still has his surfing, at least. Ahmed, are you agreeing that Nakamura sucks with Justin? Don't agree with I didn't him. say he sucks. Stop putting words in my mouth, Morgan. I didn't say that he, he sucks. He likes Cesaro better. That means he sucks. Uh, name and row, Justin, when we start in the Family Matters podcast. I know. we got to make it happen. Nate, don't encourage that. It's happening. It's going to happen. Hashtag nerds. Nerd. Um, so, uh, name and row asked Matt thoughts on Sanjay Dutt and Monty Brown. Where does that come from? Am I, I don't know. Something? I don't know. Sanjay Dutt, think the world of him, incredibly intelligent, a very underrated worker who was put in a BS stereotypical, in my opinion, character that he was forced to play 
but made it work. Got it over when I was with him in TNA. Monty Brown, I got to work on the Indies. He left TNA when I started. Um, but I ate a pound or two on the Indies before I uh, got to TNA. Um, I like Monty Brown. I think he's a good dude. Didn't he leave TNA? Didn't he come? Was was it? Did he leave TNA and come be back part, to WWE? Be part of the ECW? ECW. Yeah. Yes. And Mont, Mont, what is Marcus Convore? Yeah. Con, Mar, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. He, he uh, did good. Ben, ben supposedly liked him. Four ninety nine. Justin Cortinez. Matt, what's your most awkward fan encounter from WWE or TNA? I mean, it's interesting. I never had one. Hmm, and I'm go. not trying to say that just to dodge a question. I'm thinking because I grew up as a lifelong fan. So nothing anybody's ever asked me. I was like, oh, you dork, go away. Or, or like, and belittle them. You know what I mean? I never had anything weird at honestly. No. You, you didn't get annoyed at the being swarmed at the airport or being swarmed at coming into a hotel early in the morning after driving no. five hours? Hell no. No way. What about the gym? What about the, in my head? What about at the gym? There's rules at the gym about approaching wrestlers. There are rules. Not for me. Here's why. I was seven years old at Penfield Beach Pavilion in Fairfield, Connecticut. Paul Roma was here with his manager. And me and I got all the other camp kids that I was at the beach with that day. The summer camp that I was part of. I was like six or seven. I go, holy crap, that's Paul Roma from wrestling. Like, we don't know, we don't know who he is. I'm like, come with me. You're gonna want his autograph. So we all came as like 50 of us. I'm not joking. 56-year-old, 50 different six to seven-year-olds, all storming Paul Paul Roma, looking jacked, sunglasses on, looking like a million bucks on the beach. And I'm like, can I have your autograph, sir? And he's like, no, you can have an autograph, kid, beat it. And like some guy with him that was his manager, like, what are you doing? I was like, isn't this Paul Roma from wrestling? And they're like, no, he's Paul from the flower shop, kid, beat it. And I was really embarrassed by that. And like all these other campers that really just met me that first day of camp are like, ah, yeah, you're an idiot, Matt. You know what I mean? I was like a jabron that whole summer because Paul Roma punked me as a six to seven year old. So, lesson learned when I became a pro wrestler, I was the complete opposite of that. I was like, F that. Any situation I'm in, I don't care where I'm at. I'll take a photo, I'll sign an autograph. You're never too cool for school to do that for a freaking fan that puts food on the table for your family you're an asshole if you do any less there you have it uh tammy pointing out that if you listen to new day's podcast they talk about it in the early episodes and xavier wood said to vince uh at one point if this doesn't work you can fire me so uh, i've listened to those episodes they're very good I highly recommend listening to new day's podcast the first couple episodes are about the the history of uh the new day uh kyle christopher two dollar super chat saying bobby lashley and mvp all day new day kind of old oh get it old like old day yes uh so let's see uh oh uh ahmad Aliafe saying, Justin, Matt, Glenn, do you think writers would help AEW? They got poor storylines nowadays. I'm with AEW. I just don't want it going down because of that. Matt, your thoughts? No, I think a lot of that hurts AEW is not having a live audience. I really, truly do. Trust me, with with, with who they have right now in their tag division, hell no. These fans would be going boinkers. If there was a live studio audience or a live crowd to pop for it. So 
they can't control the element that we're all in with COVID-19. They can't. And um, I think they're doing a fine job. I'm sorry. I do. I know I'm a homer. Huh. I don't care. I own it. Homer, again, to define for people like rooting for the home team, they're the home team. You're on their side. For me. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't think a room of writers would be a good thing for them. No, I, I think part of the charm they do have is the fact that there's not as many cooks in the kitchen. And they do let the talent, they let the talent be far more hands-on uh, with yes. that. That said, I don't think you need a room of writers, but I would not, I, but I'll be interested to see as they go on in time. And what's, especially, your, what's your, what's your, what's your D Malenko, D Malenko, Billy Gunn, uh, Arn Anderson. Right. I, I think. They can't handle it. They're right. doing it. Yeah, I think I think guys like that who can help keep an eye on just like some continuity or um, hey, you know this they guy. Are. Yeah, I, I think they that you know. Are. Mm, I, okay, so they so the issue when they talk about WWE, it's it's really unfair because we're like, oh, the writers, stupid writers, trying to tell us what to say, trying to do this. The issue is Vince McMahon, uh, Kevin Dunn, uh, Michael PSAs, and the guys at the and Bruce Pritchard, the guys at the top that are. So they're the filter that all the writing goes through, and I'm and five hundred writers added on those people. That's the but, but all the, we hear about Vince rewriting stuff at the last minute himself because that's and I'm sure it's true. I'm sure part most of it's true, but it's also a butt hurt writer that wants to make excuses to play the blade game versus not having the backbone to go in there and talk to him like many writers before them hmm. used to do. Like or Vince Russo, like or hate Vince Russo, he used to do that. He go and tell Vince straight to his face, "This sucks," and here's what you need to be doing. They need more of that. So I talked to a lot of former WWE writers. Um, just uh, and nobody's ever heard of. Well, and I'm not certainly not going to name them, but I'm saying that it's interesting to see that a lot of them gone on to do other projects and have success with it. And I'm telling you, like when you what? hear about. Well, no, I'm not going to name people. I'm just saying they've had yeah. people that have worked from them. They've gone on to work in writing video games. Uh, they've gone on to work. Oh, video games? Other, well, yeah, and other facets of TV. They've come from the soap world. I mean, you see people that have had success. They're not. It's not that they're bad writers, but what I'm saying is Look, that it's an environment that is not conducive I, to creativity that doesn't fit Vince's vision. And yes, the buck the stops with Vince. This is true. We'll be better off when the buck stops with Hunter. And I think that's where NXT is shown. And so I'm saying someone like a Jimmy Jacobs, for instance, is proof that like, or Ryan Ward, I'm saying there are people that we know that have been responsible for very good material uh, that show that it's not that the, the concept of writer. Ryan Ward's like a good writer now. And do you don't like NXT and the work he did there in NXT or I know, I know, Ryan Ward. I know, Ryan, I, no, no, I didn't know that. I know Ryan Ward. He's doing good. I didn't know that. I've met, what shows he working on now? Justin, I know NXT. He famously he's been, he's was the head writer. On, yeah, yeah, he used to be the head writer of SmackDown once upon a time, and then he's he's since been become he's been part more part of Triple H's camp. God, I am so old. I remember Ryan Ward. I like Ryan Ward. That's good. Yeah. I've had a good here before. He's a good dude, actually. Or look at uh, Dwayne Johnson's uh, Dwayne Johnson's producing partner, who Brian, was with Brian Brian Gowertz. Yeah, Gowertz. Yeah. He's making moves in Hollywood and doing stuff. I'm just saying that you know we and we've had former. <laughs> Writers on the for WWE on this podcast, and I'm just saying Ryan Gowers also, for the record, thought it was a smart idea to have me stuck. I'm just gonna put that out. <laughs> a guy who graduated Magic Kamada with a public speaking degree, 165 IQ. Look it up, folks. No, I'm not exaggerating. That's online. Feel free to Google it up. 
Do you think it was more a yes man thing though? Because Vince hyped it as I've had this brilliant idea for a long time and I'm bestowing it upon you. Yes. Yes. Hey, yes. No one wanted yes. to be the asshole and be like, Vince is actually a really terrible idea. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but what I would think would be a curious experiment. Okay, TNT, TNT knows drama. Uh, TNT is Scott's <laughs> no fear, sir. And they, they're in the premium cable series. Why not take a writer who worked on Breaking Bad or who worked on Game of Thrones and say, you know what? We're not going to put you in charge of the show, but let's just see what would happen uh, if we gave you a storyline and what you could do dude. with it. I think that would be great for the media. I do too. Yes, I do too. Yeah, just to see, because yeah. the medium has to evolve. I mean, we're seeing that right now. Uh, Kyle Christopher, yeah. just on fire tonight, uh, going to send Kyle. Raj's kids to school, saying Matt ever felt awkward around Brock and Big Show. You ready for it? Hell no! Brock had my back from day one when I started on SmackDown and said, you ever need anything, guy? I've got your back. Danny Davis says, you used to do what I did in OVW before I left, which was be a locker room leader and a captain. So if you don't like anything that's written for you, you come talk to me. So I had a squash match versus Shannon Moore once, in which the match started with me being smacked in the face by Shannon, who's a good friend of mine. And I went to uh, Brock, and I said, well, here's a week later. He told me to come to you. I'm coming to you. And it started with him smacking me in the face. Am I being ribbed? Am I not? And he goes, what are you doing after that? And I said, I'm going to take him, and I'm going to nuke him after this with whatever move he was going to do. He's going to go for like a tilt or head scissors, and I was going to just not not eat it, throw him like 50 feet in the air, and just squash him, just squash him. And long story short, he went to Vince and goes, why do you have this guy smacking Matt Morgan? That makes no sense at all. That's stupid. And, and um, Vin, Vince changed my match like night and day after that. So Brock, no. Not only did I not feel uncomfortable around, I felt like that was a guy that looked out for me. Yeah. Um, Big Show? I wish I could say the same, man, because I like Big Show. I grew up in in college years, I watched him on WCW. Giant loved him, loved him. Throwing drop kicks, missile drop kicks, like he wasn't your prototypical giant, man, right? Mm. And so it sucked once I got to WWE and he was doing all this crap to try to like be like one up me. And like I'll give you, I'll give you guys the best case scenario, an example of why I had a hard time with him. So we were going over one of my matches with Big Show once, and I'm walking down the hallway to catering. And guys knew Big Show was very insecure about whatever. So, like, we're walking down the hall together, me and Big Show, and John Cena is, like, walking on the opposite end of the hall towards us. And he's like, uh-oh, here come the Twin Towers. And, like, people would say shit like that to Big Show to F with it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, stop doing this, guys. Because in my head, I'm like, is he really this insecure to not know? Hi. He's like 10 inches taller and 8,000 pounds bigger. Do you know what I mean? And at the no. time, no, he did not. At the time, I was a younger, better giant. I'm just going to say it. No, you came and... in with your boy band hair in like four years as junior. And I think he was intimidated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, boy band hair. But true. I look like a eight in sync. But yes, you are correct. It, what the hell? Because when he came to see us on Tough Enough, like, we had an awesome time. Me and him together, I was injured. And he was like, 
he's giving me so much encouragement, so much encouragement. Go like Matt, you need to get in this business. You've been perfect for it. And at the time when I wanted to quit, I'll be honest. Yeah. And and to find out like he was going behind my back and telling Vince McMahon he's worried about his health when I'm in the ring with him. You freaking bleep. Uh I mean female, I'm- female, you you female <laughs> anatomy body part. You're seven foot two, five hundred pounds. I th- I'm telling you, though, people feel like they have their role. I mean, I'll, so I'll give an example. I get along with Nick Hausman really well in person, and we developed a rapport. When Nick Hausman from the Wink Daily and I were first I on the podcast Nick. together. I love Nick. I love Nick. I don't care what anybody says. But when Nick. we were first on this podcast together, it was like, wait, I'm the funny, you clever guy. Like, like, this is my <laughs> shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is like, you can't have two lead guitarists, man. You know, it just doesn't work. Now, and for what it's worth, you are Mick Mars, and he could be Nicky Simmons. There you go. Oh, but what could be Mick? Mick, Mick looks like the walking because dead. People don't know. Mick Mars was the, the, like, he was the bigger star of Motley Crue to real Motley Crue. That's true. And that's why, and Glenn, that's why I work well with you, and that's why I work well. With, I do I do the Wink Daily and the Day with Nick, and I do this well with you because you two are very similar, and I can, like, the, the the back it, it's a, you set it up and it's just it works but i can Nick, see i'm a I big fan see. of nick yeah i love nick so i never had the chance to do a show with him i read what he says i watch some of his stuff and i'm like i dig him yeah but this is the vibe and i remember the first time i the first time we were on together i even had to say to raj i was like so am i not hosting anymore like you just want me to sit back and chime in i'll let him go with oh it. to be clear yeah. to be clear i got no problem saying this because i love me some nick house but i do I'm sorry, you can't hold your job. Throwing it out. No, no, I think Nick is fantastic, but yeah, it's just the two of he us is. together. It t- it took a learning curve for me to to match his rhythm and figure out how we could complement each other. I know in a good way. So here's the thing: when you're yeah. when you we're in the world of now, I don't want to say fake pro wrestling, but sports entertainment, big show. Up, yes, yes, up here by comparison to me, and I, and like five of me, and and as far as body weight. <laughs> Let's keep him he should on. have never. He should have never felt that insecure to bite on the boy's ribbing and yeah. doing that stuff. One yeah. time he was so insecure, he was in the locker room, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm looking at Morgan today. He's like my robot. He, he'll do what I told him to do. Watch." And he, he look at me. He went. He went like this. He went, Matt. You go this way, this way. Like he was holding the remote control. And I had to sit there in the locker room like, oh, good one, Chuck. And then my head, I'm like, you are such a – you really are. You really are such a wuss, dude. And it's Michael, a shame because I grew up liking him as a fan. Sorry. Michael Vanessa says, don't worry, Matt. Big Show kicked me out of a parking lot at 16 for asking for an autograph. <laughs> I'm not surprised because he's a big remark for himself. Yes. And uh, you guys see the new story of Big Show now. I hope he's evolved. I hope he's changed because I see him working with Braun. Trust me, if Braun had come around when I'd come around, he would not be doing business. I promise that. He'd be going behind Braun's back because he would be triple insecure by Braun's size and strength. Uh, yes, I'm taller than Braun, but I'm not stronger than Braun. And I guarantee that would drive Big Show nuts. And um, at that time when I was there, again, Brock was taking bets. Taking back from JBL and company, you think I can make Big Show cry tonight? 
by form tackling him when he gets back through the curtain on a house on a linoleum floor. And he would do it. And Big Show would be in the locker room crying by, with Paul Heyman, his manager. And Paul would have to talk Big Show up going, hey, they're just joking. They're just, don't, don't sell Big Show. Don't, 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 don't sell for this ball. It's just, it's a shame because I grew up a, a fan of his. And I'm not saying this to bury him, but I'm saying this to bury him because I don't care. I'm not in the business no more. Uh, the Soapbox, $5, wants to know, how would you book a potential build to Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross for the NXT title? Ooh. <laughs> Who's asking? Oh, that came at that. You guys, you guys give your opinion. I don't know. I saw, didn't someone have a theory, and I apologize for not crediting the author today, saying if they had Adam Cole do it as his last match at a triple threat in the first fall, got one title in the second fall, got the the next title, they could find a way to do it without having. Uh, All right, so I'm, just gonna cut, I'm sorry, Glenn. I'm going to be no, it's okay. It's I'm okay. cut through the red tape right now. Here's how you do it. You do not have them touch for a year. Yeah. That's how you do it. That it's very simple. You don't have Frankenstein go against the Wolfman for an entire year. The Wolfman guts and eats up jobbers and whomever for an entire year from this from this side. Frankenstein does the same thing from this side. And then you wait a year before they face each other. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, that would be that. I'm all for keeping them as part. I mean, I, unfortunately, I think by the SummerSlam weekend, we'll have these two fight each other, but I don't think it's for the NXT title. I think it's for the other title that Keith has, which is the North American. You're not going to take the NXT title this quickly off of Keith Lee, but he also has the North American no. title, so I think that's what happens is, is Cross will get that North American title, and, and they have to, they do have to uh, book the match, kind of like how the way you book Brock matches in a certain way. You have to book this very so, carefully about how they look. So the good news... The good news, you're right, Justin. You do you you have them lose the Northeast. Uh, what's it called? North American. Same smell. North American <laughs> Championship. <laughs> and you have them. You have you have Carry Cross win that. And the good news is you let you let a whole year go by, and then you're in the back of every fan's mind is. As badass as Keith Lee is, he did lose to Karrion Cross at one time for that North American title. And when they hmm. build to that a year later, it'll mean something. Okay. <coughs> uh, Pete Evans, thank you for your $4 super chat. And uh, appreciate that. And let's see, what else do we got here? Uh, oh, there oh, we there go. We go. Uh, Tony Metris and LL, LL Not So Cool Glenn. Thank you. <laughs> that. Uh, that wasn't a super chat you put that out there on purpose you mark i i don't just read super chats now i have explained this again okay. i feel like i have to tell people this keeping up with the super chats keeps me from reading other chats because what i don't want to do is i don't want someone to spend money I, you know if at all possible i want to read what they're saying um nate monroe buck 99 i get labrum surgery monday i need a great podcast well uh go back to oh, uh, labrum it's not labrum labrum I'm, I'm a little behind on my latin matt i apologize it's not latin it's a freak okay whatever labrum's labrum. not latin really Surgery uh monday i need a great podcast well nate i hope we're if you're listening now it you can't listen to it again right so are you Girl. hoping for Monday we get Raj involved, Justin involved, and Glenn involved? 
Oh yeah, the other night was uh, Wednesday was interesting. Uh, and by on. the way, fans, you stole. Hang on, you all stole. Oh, Matt's way too much for Raj. Why did I freeze <laughs> that face? Um, yeah, there you go. All right, listen. Why did you all uh, sell way too hard for Raj coming on Wednesday nights? We need to settle down, fans. Yes. He is the four between us four. <laughs> he, is he, is, the, he, he is the Paul Roma to our four horsemen. going to say he yes. is. How dare you oversell it like that? Ah, so I just want to point this out, Matt. Uh, if you look at the labrum definition, origin Latin, right there. But it's pronounced. Oh, la- God, but you, you pronounced it wrong. Everybody, it, 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 labrum. Labrum. The, yeah. I, when have I used that word ever? You've never heard of a torn labrum? <sighs> it's a very common injury. No, I guess not in the circles I run in. You don't have a lot. You don't. You don't have a lot of torn labrums in the in the podcasting sales world <laughs> oh i just got some blue chew and manscape god damn it, i tore my labrum and doing it <laughs> trying to get those sponsors <laughs> make it make it oh i'm stirring that vegan chili oh there goes my labrum i had vegan chili cheese fries tonight that i made at home that was uh probably the high point of, of course high point of my week. so of let me course just, you did let me tell you for the homemade fries remember as a kid because you go out to fast food, no one has a deep fryer at home. So you go out to fast food and you get the French fries. Then at home, you always get the fries you make in the oven. You're always like, yeah, these are good, but they're not they're not like restaurant quality fries. Um, okay, had- I'll do you one better. I had microwave French fries. I had to eat after school every day. They were soggy as hell. Micro Magic, the ones that were supposed to be like fast yes. food? Yeah. They were in a red box. Yeah. Yes, Micro Magic, I remember. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the fine people at Orida who now, in addition to making very the best tater tots on the market, uh, are selling what they call fast food style fries. And we, I made these in the oven in 15 minutes. Like, this tasted almost as good hey. as fast food. Oh. It was incredible. Hey, Glenn, does Goya make french fries? <laughs> Jesus. Not even going there, Matt. Do, do they? I've actually never bought a Goya product in my life. So I see oh, all yeah. people talking about Goya. Maybe it's just not big on the West Coast. I don't know. Okay. I get my, my chickpeas in a can. You're missing uh, out. Uh, Kyle Christopher, two dollars saying thank you so much, Matt. Much love, you're awesome. Give Matt, give Raj money to tell Matt how awesome he is. Thank you, Kyle Christopher. Good luck, Kyle Christopher. Stop wasting money. Kyle Christopher, he must be, he must be invested in Amazon or something because he said earlier he's doing great right now during this pandemic. He must be Amazon and up or something. Good, good. I hope all of our fans are doing yeah. Um, Ahmed, I'm sorry, your super chat scrolled off, but he was saying that, uh, I believe the writers bring stuff to the talent and the talent. I don't know. I don't actually know what his point was exactly. I apologize. (laughs) Like he had something to say about the writing, trying to scroll through all this, the chat. It's hard to keep up with the chat room. Let me give a shout out to our moderators that uh, keep the channel. I know Tammy and uh, we have moderators on our channel that, that that keep it, that keep it in line. I believe uh, Tammy is one. I'm I'm trying to think of all the names. I don't have them off the top of my head, but moderators. I believe Tammy is. Tammy, I apologize if you're not actually a moderator, but I've always been under the assumption you were. <laughs> well, do, we, do we have a lot of trash talking going on in the, that we need moderators? Tell us. No, the, I, YouTube in general has a problem yes. with people doing spam comments, like oh, just okay. saying, you yes. know, hey, go here to like... I got you. Watch my... I'm not yeah. even going to make the joke. But, um, yes. 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 
So thank you to our moderators. Well, shout out oh, to our Tammy, Tammy's not a moderator. Benny is. Benny, I apologize. Tammy, why aren't you a moderator? But, I'm but gonna... Benny, get yours. Own yours, Benny. I agree. That's messed up. That's terrible, Glenn. I thought Tammy was a mod for some reason. But, but, but Benny and the Jets. Tammy should be like a fifth show member of this again. I agree. Forget fifth. I'd rather have her. She could she could bump Raj. She's four. Oh, easily. <laughs> P.S. My wife is flagging me in. I've got to go. Okay. Uh Kyle Christopher saying uh Raj should give us all a reason <gasps> after tonight. Probably won't happen. I, I, it won't happen. It won't happen. Yes. Okay, you go. I'll I'll will take us home here, Matt. See you back here I Monday you for guys. Raw. Love you, man. Have a good one. Thank you guys all. Thank you guys and guys for watching. Love uh Pete Evans, two dollars. Will Bailey and Banks have all the belts with no crowd? They're great. I mean, they're all in on them tonight. That's what I'm saying. I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying, man, when they're the high point of SmackDown, the high point of Raw, you bring them to NXT. Like at a certain point, the Golden Goose runs out of eggs. We've had Becky two belts, Bailey two belts, Keith Lee two belts. It is a weird trend, right? Not let's have less titles. Let's just put the title put on more fewer people. people. Right. <laughs> Okay, uh, everyone's saying I got to get an air fryer. Thank you, April. Green yes, oil. air fryer. If you want really good chicken wings too, like you, you gotta, you know, if you want like, if you want like the good best restaurant quality, you have to have an air fryer. That's the way to do uh, wings, fries. Yes. So once a year, I'll tell this story before we take it home here. I once cannot year, believe the SmackDown podcast went an hour and forty minutes. 40, we talked about SmackDown for fifteen minutes. Unbelievable. Uh. Uh, about once a year, we get the idea that I really want to make something that needs to be deep fried. And I do it on the stovetop. I pour like an entire bottle of order in there and I very delicately deep fry something and fish it out. But let me tell you, it's, it's terrifying. It's exhilarating. Um, and then after, I'm always very afraid to like touch it before it completely cools down. You can't put it down the drain. You have to like congeal in a container and then take it outside and bury it somewhere. Uh, I don't know the exact process. Uh, I might be confusing this with like a Wiccan ritual. Uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine like used to practice. Uh, but yes, like once a year I will deep fry something and then I eat it. And I'm like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, look, I mean, look at me already. Could you imagine if I was eating deep fried on the regular? Like, but I've heard an air fryer is where it's at. Yes, air fryers are where they're at. Good. So, uh, hey, man, everybody have a good weekend. We'll be back here Monday night. Me, Matt, Raj, I think. And uh, he's at Justin Lobar, Matt Glenn Rubenstein. He's at BP Matt Morgan. Have a good weekend, everyone. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.